Even the ones who laugh are sometimes caught without an answer. These creatures who introduce themselves, but we swear we have met them somewhere before, yes? Look in the mirror. What do you see? Is it a dream or a nightmare? Are we being introduced against our will? Are they mirrors? I can see the smoke. I can smell the fire. The battle is drawing nigh. Hi, my name is Liz. Hi, my name is Michelle. And welcome to Between Two Worlds podcast. We are sick. <laughs> <laughs> We're just both in, sick. In the head and physically. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so it is snot season in the, the States and it's everywhere. My my sinuses, you know what? Girl, I can't handle all this rain. I haven't seen the sun in, mm -hmm. in probably about two to three weeks. We got we got pummeled with snow and then the rain and what is that Cheryl Crow song? I I haven't seen the sun in <laughs> how many days? <laughs> well, it's been gone since what? We're in week three. My God. And, and no sun, still freezing cold, but now we've got rain. Yeah. Everything's molded. And, and we're miserable with sinus congestion and everybody's got the flu or COVID or some sort of mix and we have snot. <laughs> it's good times. And I'm getting I'm getting to that ripe old age where I can tell that the rain's coming from my jaw. Me too. <laughs> my well, I think that happens when we get over 30 and are like lifting. Anybody that's a weight yes. lifter and you, you're over yes. 30, you can feel it in your joints. You can feel it in your muscles, yeah. the, the barometric yeah. pressure when it falls. So it, it's not fun. I mean, weightlifting has reaffirmed to me that I am, in fact, a masochist, especially at my age that I just, I, Big <laughs> I same. just we do beat ourselves up, but it's to look and, and feel. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's odd how that, that is, that is a fact, but really if, if you're working out like this, when you get to be a little bit older, it becomes, uh, it's not easy. You don't just pop up and, you know. Well, I love the people that love to say you get used to it. Yeah. Oh, you get used to it. You know, it becomes a part of it. You never fucking get used to no. it. No. It always really sucks. Don't. And then, like, if, if I have a big, I, I love that people are tuning in and they get the, we're now a weightlifting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Between Two Worlds, Between Two Weights. Right. Yeah. When, when it's a big day, a big lift day, I, I have got nothing left for the day. There's mm -hmm. no energy. There's not. I mean, I'm I am totally checked out. Game over. So, and then, you know, if I can't breathe through one nostril, I want to I want to bash my leg in a in a leg press and end it all. <laughs> That's what I want. We have some good news coming up for our listeners soon, which I don't think we want to announce right now, but we're going to have really good news on the horizon and um, we're going to have possibly some additional content with this good news. So, I mean, it's a win-win for everybody. We're having fun. Listeners are having fun. We're loving the feedback too. We, we really do. We Man. love the messages. What's pleasing me so much, I, I didn't expect so many people to be doing rewatches with us. Which me that's, too. Yeah. 
And that's so cool. And it's so cool to get the responses and to, to get people talking about this during this time of year, just especially around this time of year where it's going to be, you know, Twin Peaks Day very soon. Right. It's really, really cool. And so we will we will make those announcements when we are ready to, which will probably be within the next week or two, mm-hmm. you think? So other than us being miserable with snot and sore from the barometric pressure falling and snowed in for the week prior. <laughs> God, we're a bunch. We're, we're just hot mess expresses. We watched episode four of Twin Peaks titled, do you want to say it? The One-Armed Man. <laughs> so this title isn't as ominous. Yeah, not as mystic. Not, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty blatant what this is re- referencing. <laughs> we know what we're getting. And this aired in May of 1990. This was directed by Tim Hunter, who also directed The River's Edge, which I didn't mm. know until I researched for this podcast. So that was a uh, fun little factoid. What a great movie. What Really? What a great yeah. movie. So, I mean, it makes sense that he would pop in on Twin Peaks. I hope he pops in more uh, episodes because it would make Ooh, sense. Yeah. I do too. You know, this was not written by David Lynch or Mark Frost, also to throw that in. So it starts with the Palmer well, House. It, start, it starts with the, the ominous Laura's theme, which Ooh. I just, that, that does it, that sends chills down my spine every time I hear it. It's who we associate it with, you know, it's like, but the house shot from the front is such a bittersweet shot Mm. because it's such a cool fucking house, but you know what's happened. And it it looks, it it looks incredibly uh, ominous. Yes. Yeah. And it's still there. Yes. Um, I want to see that house so badly. We have to, we have to make the pilgrimage together. And we have to do Mm -hmm. the tour and the house is first on the list. We just have to. So Andy is drawing Bob from Sarah's dream. (laughs) Which we, I didn't, we didn't know Andy could draw. (laughs) I love that it's Andy doing the drawing. I love it too. I love it. (laughs) And the weirdness of it all when she's describing him and Leland comes in and he's like almost mocking her. Yeah, and saying, did you, yeah, did you tell him about the mm-hmm. necklace? And she's had two visions. Do you think that's really Leland or do you think that's his duality? Do you think that's his little bit of Bob? I, I think there's some duality slipping in. Like the more I think actually the dancing is more Leland trying to hang on. And then the too. little peak, the little peaks of, you know, evilish cold behavior. That's definitely Bob. So it's weird. That's a weird moment. And it's also Ray was with the brown hair too, you know, before it transitions. So we are so used to the white hair. I can't think of him any other way. (laughs) So whenever I see him in these beginning episodes, I'm, I'm like, who's that? It's Ray was. And then we cut to after this drawing, our favorite Lucy is watching invitation to love. (laughs) And we get to see the character Chet in Invitation to Love having a really rough time. So something I didn't notice, I didn't even think about, and nothing's a coincidence. We do hear the name Chet later on, and uh, uh, which I mean, oh. Chet is—it's not, yeah, it's not a a common name. So I I found no. that interesting. Yeah, 
that's pretty cool. I've never put two and two together there. Yeah. I love in that moment where it's showing the the gold digger rubbing his head and she yeah. pulls her hand up and looks at it like she's got the <laughs> hair product or whatever on it. Yeah. <laughs> like we've all been up. there. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Sheriff Truman and Andy, you know. So good. What's uh, going on here? And she explains the entire <laughs> show. Just oblivious. And Harry is so patient. He doesn't yeah. interrupt her. So I just, I love that about him. And Andy, <laughs> poor Andy, Andy looks so forlorn, so forlorn, asks Lucy why he couldn't spend the night last night. And he's why couldn't I dispensed. spend the night last night? <laughs> it's so pitiful. And she's and such a bitch. He, yeah, she cold. really cuts him off, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Quite cold. And obviously, we don't know what the hell's going on. So... Mm. And then next we know, you know, doc, Dr. Jacoby is talking to Cooper. Weird ass motherfucker, Dr. Jacoby doing a golf ball trick in the interrogation I, room. <laughs> I want to smack those stupid glasses off of his face. I so do badly. too. And I wish I that them. there was some sort of, like, I'd like to think there was some sort of hidden meaning behind them. Because, you know, that's the 3D color for glasses. Mm, right. I've never explored that or any theories beyond him just being Looney Tunes. But I, I hate those glasses myself. I had ne never even thought about the 3D thing. So there's probably something there's to that. There's gotta be. But, and he's like holding whatever information he has close to the vest. He's, he doesn't want to help. Not that he, it doesn't sound like he could offer anything substantial yeah. to the in investigation. And, you know, Cooper does ask, you know, did Laura ever mention Bobby or James? And it is, oh my God. I the response every time. is so cringe. Oh, just say it so I don't have to. I fucking hate it so much. Because <laughs> they were boys and Laura was a woman. Oh God. And and Cooper was even like, Ugh. Laura had sex had sex with three men the were night. Were you of, one of them? <laughs> yeah. Gross. Oh, gross. I also God. love Cooper's response to him when he, it, it pertains to drugs and he's yeah. going off on Hawaii. Jacoby's going off on Hawaii and Cooper comes back and says, you're talking about ginger cocaine as a drug. Yeah. Like what you fool you weirdo. <laughs> you yokel. Like get out of here. <laughs> he fucking sucks. And then we get our call from the Gordon man, Cole, the, the man. man, the myth, the Just legend hearing David Lynch's voice is like a warm cloak over oh, yeah. my sickly body right now. It, <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he, he is my uh, cup of chamomile tea for sure. Yeah. Uh, but what I love is even, obviously this is Cooper's supervisor and he's calling about uh, something not so great, but even the way his, his voice inflection, the way he sounds, it's always pleasant. He's not, he's never... <laughs> It's so it's never really bad news, even though he's giving the bad news, like saying, look, Albert wants Harry's badge, like, mm -hmm. and he's going to file with the, what, what does he say? The U.S. attorney or something. Yeah. And Coop says, file it under F or forget it or something I like that. It. I just love the responses that he gives. But Gordon gives more information about the bites, their bird bites, and the twine. Right. So one 
one twine is like a normal household use twine and one we don't know mm -hmm. what it and is yet. He also confirmed that they were bird bites uh, on, on Laura. Uh, and then we're going to get a composite of what was found in Laura's stomach, which appears to be like some type of chip of some kind. Mm -hmm. So. So now we're getting closer and closer to what actually happened or, or the clues are revealing themselves. Right. And, and Cooper then, reveals that Bob, the sketch, yeah, was the same feller he saw in his dream. Yeah, that's wild. But the I eyes were closer together. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah, love I it. Love he it. just needs I to give those details. And a detail that I had, I had missed until this rewatch was he was saying, you know, I, that's why I didn't go to the Palmer residence this morning because I didn't want to influence Sarah. And he said something and I never picked up on it before. He said, I'm a strong sender. Yeah. So I never even, it, it's like it didn't permeate. Before, Dude, I didn't I either. Heard it. Mm -hmm. Not until yeah. this rewatch. And it wasn't even on the captions because I told you last time I have the captions on now just to pay, you know, extra attention. And that's it doesn't even show up on the captions. So I'm like, wow, because because that's obviously important for the rest of Cooper's existence. <laughs> so that was that was an important line. And now we're now we're going to a really disgusting place and a disgusting scene. Another couple Liz, we do not want to see. I would rather see anybody else. I mean, Really, would... me, me too. <laughs> this whole world would rather see any other couple, but Catherine and Ben. And we see Josie taking pictures outside. Mm -hmm. So she's spying. We don't really, I mean, we know why, but we don't know why she's really there taking pictures. pictures. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That was interesting. And <clears throat> we're informed, you know, Hawk has tracked down the one-armed man. Of course he has, because he's, he's Hawk. Fucking Hawk, yeah. And Coop and crew show up to the Coop Timber Falls crew. Motel. Coop and crew. And they're in front of the one-armed man's door. And Andy... God bless him. God bl <laughs> bless the sweet baby angel. His gun goes <laughs> off, which is telling, telling all of us that clearly this is not a man... Well. He doesn't have to use his gun. Right. Twin Peaks. Like, it's not, it, we don't want to call him a bumbling fool because we love him, but it's just, this is just his character. And it didn't surprise me at all that his gun went off. And <laughs> so. I love how he's so surprised. Yeah. When it happens. Yeah, it didn't surprise too. us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they obviously kick the door down. Harry kicks the door down. And I love that they do says, it with no <laughs> warrant. No, no sufficient reason to like <laughs> no. have this man for anything. They just kick yeah. the fucking door down or in. And you f you do you do feel bad for this poor guy because he's just yeah. and they're like, put your hands up and and there's <laughs> no other like, hand. It's so good. This, this poor this poor guy, and he looks like he's about to cry. But so he gets a, a mini interrogation, and he denies that he knows this person that they're i mean he knows a bob but it's not the bob that they're seeking mm -mm. so it's his best friend bob the veterinarian yeah. veterinarian <laughs> i can't even say it but yeah it's a weird feeling because it's almost slapstick 
in the ridiculousness. Yeah, it does. yeah. But it's also creepy because we know who this is. Yeah. You know? Like if this somebody just the first time they're watching this show, they will they will think he's completely innocent. Which you find out later on how he kind of makes the memory of Bob or the visions of Bob just kind of he keeps it mm-hmm. pushed way down. So you find out later on how he does that. But anyway. I don't want to confuse people, but of course, Coop asks him about the tattoo. Did you have a tattoo on your arm? It's so good. <laughs> and he's in hysterics and he's like, it said mom. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's so melodramatic. It's perfect. So. It's absolutely perfect. And then we also learn that he's a shoe salesman. Yeah. Thank you to Peaks in the Hall. <laughs> the, the Instagram account that posted that. that. <laughs> yeah. And they I had Mike the one armed man with uh, Al Bundy. <laughs> because he was Al Bundy. <laughs> he was. He really was. His sample suitcase was. All right feet. Yeah. And he's like, why are all these just right for your right foot? It's so good. And we also learn from Hawk, who tells Truman that he doesn't say your girl, but. Your girl was staked out here. Let's let him know that Josie was there, staked out. Yeah. Not quite sure what she was doing, but she was here. Yeah. So that's got to be hard for Truman. Hey, buddy. Oscar has made his podcast appearance. It, to to anyone listening, if you have an orange boy. Which we cat, both do. You, <laughs> uh, orange cat activities, they don't give a shit. Not that any cat does, but... <laughs> Orange ones especially. They're just a special type of cat. They're just... They really are. It's like those people that you meet with no filter and they're really terrible. And they say, oh, it's just because I have no filter. Oh, yeah. You just can't take it because I have no filter. I know. I hate that. because you're an ass. You're a piece of shit. Orange cats are the same to me. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) But we love them. I always, real quick, I always thought I would be, which I do, I adore all cats. I thought, you know, next cat I get, it's going to be a black cat. I'm going to find a black cat at a shelter. And poor Oscar was at a shelter and he found me. And, you know, I it, he had to be rescued because his fucking name was Cheeto. But I'm like, I'm not going to let Oh, my this- God. <laughs> Who does that? A kid. Man. A kid that didn't want. Yeah. Just don't even. Poor little buddy. Maybe they're just, they find people that they, this is the way that, the the way that I theorize Cringer, my orange cat, is that they find the people that they know will deal with them, will take Uh care of them and deal with them. And I deal with him pretty well for as bad as he is. So Seriously. Well, (laughs) mini cat break, everybody. This, this episode is a little bit scattered and all over the place, but you have to understand I am breathing through one nostril and <laughs> my head is full of not secrets. It's full of just a God awful mess. <laughs> She's full of snot. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to get too turned on, but we appreciate you hanging in there. We do. We really appreciate it. And hopefully by next week, we're back into our normal senses. Yeah. But who knows? But- we may not be. It may be worse. Maybe full blown whatever and that's but, okay too because you know, this is all fever dream uh, we we are like sounding throaty though so that's pretty damn that can be pretty damn sexy yeah so, we, we will know. hit the 900 operator mark soon and our hoarseness <laughs> and that could appeal to some listeners <laughs> really could <laughs> 
Oh, where were we? We actually were going back to school to that beautiful bathroom. Man, those tiles. Oof, the pink tiles. Where was that That, bathroom when I was in school? Seriously. Uh, And you have Audrey and Donna. Audrey's smoking a cigarette, acting, you know, like she's in the FBI herself. Yeah, if I would have smoked a cigarette in my high school bathroom, I would have set off every smoke alarm (laughs) and sprinkler, you know? And somebody would have told somebody would have told on you. Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Oh yeah. But there's Audrey and her cool uh, she she has such great costuming. And yes, I do love that. Gr- she looks great in green, like that green sweater she's mm-hmm. wearing in the bathroom. It looks fantastic. With the yeah. white piping, just beautiful. And, and there's uh, Donna. There's, there's Donna. Yeah. <laughs> so there's <laughs> and yeah. then there's Donna. There's Donna. <laughs> and it's just not it's just not good. It's not good. Her interaction, I guess, is you know, it has to be for this scene. It's yeah. not. It's not up to par. Like Audrey's up here, and no. Donna's right here. They're not well, meeting Aud- in the middle. Audrey is so just it, boisterous. Isn't the right word, but she's determined. She doesn't. Yeah. It, she's strong-willed. She's feisty. She can have conversations with pretty much anybody. And Donna just. Donna just reeks of like desperation to me. Right. At, she at, she at reeks all, of all. ask James three times if we're together. Like I'm That's I, coming up again. We're gonna get there we're again. We're gonna get there uh, again. <laughs> so it's a it's a strange interaction. It also gives us one of the it best lines really in odd. this series that in real life there is no algebra. But you know, that that may be my next ta- uh, my next tattoo. Nobody take that by the way. I'm gonna find you, I'll come after you. <laughs> I tell it to my kids all the time because it's true. <laughs> it is um, true. Audrey was but, on the nose with that one. So Audrey is thinking, Donna, let's work together so we can help find Laura's killer. And so that's going to that's gonna impress a special agent, right. Joe Cooper. If I get my amateur gumshoe badge, maybe <laughs> he'll have something. Maybe this grown adult man will have something to do with me. If I become Columbo... Then this man will take me on a Columbo, what does she say? Kojak. <laughs> Angela Lansbury. Props. <laughs> I fucking love murder she wrote. So props to murder she wrote. What does she say? He'll take me on a, a life of it like intrigue or something mm-hmm. to that effect. Like she's got these big dreams. Big dreams, high school just, brain. Absolutely. But, but she's they trying. agree to she's trying. They agree to like work together and she lets Donna know about, you know, the perfume counter at Horn's department mm-hmm. store, one eyed Jack's kind of filling her in a little bit. And I think Donna, like, I think Donna's just doing this for James. What's yeah. going to get me closer to James? Yeah. Honestly. Uh, and, and that's what it feels like through this entire thing is that yeah, that's her ultimate goal. And it's not finding out who killed her best friend. Oh, so and the more, all, all the more of you this, watch it. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. please keep Donna back here. But it's it's just not going to happen. I mean, she, she yeah. unfortunately, she is a central character in this. Right, of course. And we'll get to Donna later. Firewalk with me, Donna, is so much better. Oh, I know man. we're scatterbrained everywhere right here. We are. We, 
but in we, these we moments, are, but... yeah, in these moments where Donna just sucks ass, I think about yeah. the way that she's portrayed by Moira Kelly in those very few scenes. I mean, she doesn't get yeah. long to play Donna, but it's played no. with such such an innocence and such a want to help your friend or even in the scenes in but, Our Walk With it, Me where she just wants to be cool to impress her, you know? But this Donna... Yeah, it never... This Donna, the, the fire walk with me, uh, it, Donna was never desperate. Like you said, she right. really wanted, she wanted to be cool, but it wasn't like, and it wasn't an annoyance. There wasn't innocence about her, but it, she had a pure heart. And yes. in this, in this series, Donna just wants to get in James's pants, like really that, mm-hmm. and wants to be his girlfriend. And it just doesn't sit well. It doesn't Mm -mm. sit well with everything that's going on, but this is the way she was written and this is the way she was directed. So we're going to take it with a grain of salt. And from the bathroom, we go to (laughs) (laughs) poor Norma. We cut cut to poor Norma who really does not want to be where she, where she has to go. No. Uh, She is going to, in essence, back up hank for his parole hearing and she definitely doesn't want him getting out Mm -mm. nobody wants him getting out (laughs) and you definitely get the impression that this man is not a good guy like yeah he's in prison but he he has the the line to her that i know you have heard because i know you have been through the same shit that i have with men Mm -hmm. that you have heard a thousand times over just like i have Uh, i'm gonna change i swear i swear any adult woman that hears that line now in anything movie tv they just recoil like right (laughs) it's just it's so bad uh by the way Never say that to a woman, please. You know that shit's. You know that shit's not good. Just uh, fucking apologize. Just apologize and admit what you did wrong, and say I'm going to correct it. You know, and I'm so sorry, and let it go. We, exactly. We believe what men do, not what they say. Exactly. Okay? Yes. Lead with your actions, and not your exactly. words. Exactly. That moment though just made my whole spine cringe up. Yeah. Oh God, it doesn't justify cheating. Anything that's going on in Twin Peaks, even Leo, nothing justifies cheating. Just leave your current situation and be happy where you need to be. That said, it makes Norma's character that much more relatable. Yeah, because she doesn't, from the outside, it's a, she's a perfect, you know, ethereal being, but obviously. She's had a lot of shit happen in her life. Right. And from the parole hearing... We, we have Go a really the best. Exci- we have a really exciting. We have a really exciting scene. <laughs> Lidecker's veterinary clinic. I can't say that word today, and I'm gonna have to say it again. I'm sure, and right. it doesn't flow from my tongue. I'm gonna be selfish and have you say it because I'm not even gonna. I'll just try say it. vet. <laughs> just we'll just abbreviate that. today because we're yeah. sick and we don't care. <laughs> and <laughs> we get the best interaction in this entire episode, in my opinion, because we get Truman and Coop in the vet's office talking in the waiting area and the llama pushes its way through. That and llama the, needed to be seen. That llama needed to be seen and it needed to look at the beautifulness of Kyle McLaughlin. 
And I don't blame I mean, that it. Does, I don't blame it either. And I know David Lynch didn't write this episode, but this is something David Lynch would put in. In a My heartbeat. God, are you kidding me? <laughs> in a heartbeat. Listen, Kale, look at this llama. <laughs> Kale. <laughs> have a moment. Have, have a moment. And it's so, the interaction, the banter between the two is so good. And Cooper gets out the... Uh, the the shortest distance between two points is not always a straight line quote right. you know i love that scene so much and the, I, the, I the chaoticness of a vet's office and the bird was a client at the vet coop knows right. this yeah so being the uh, the fbi agent he's a uh, he's confiscating all of vet records so now they have to look and find this bird that's going to be a lot to go through it is back at the yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of vet records, and we go from there to Leo's unfinished house when we see it from the front. The wreck of a house and the wreck of a marriage. Yes, we we see. I can't and, believe and, that and I the, never put these things together before. Yeah, like it, Leo would never have a nice finished house because mm -hmm. he's so it, he's so insane. This is probably the most unlikely thing that's come out of this rewatch for me, to be honest with you. Because you know how much I adore Madchen Amick. Like again, gonna butcher names. Mad Madkin is it? I can't say it Mad either. Madkin Amick Amick. Okay, there, we can spell it. And of course, obviously, she is in an abusive marriage. She's being traumatized on a day to day basis, and that's one of the reasons I'm sure which has led her to have this affair with Bobby. Right. But there is something, there are moments with her character that I can't stand her. When we've done this rewatch up until now, I've never mm -hmm. realized how much I dislike Shelley's character. You want to talk about awkward? Okay, so we, we go, we pan to the undone house, Bobby and Shelley making out like they always do. I found it so odd that Bobby's like, James was seeing Laura behind my back. I'm going to fix him. Yeah, <laughs> while they're, while he's while, <laughs> got her in his lap. Dry, practically dry humping and she's like fix me first i'm like what is <laughs> so logic's out the window because yeah obviously shelly's mind has never had a chance to fully form maybe she got mm -hmm. married too early like we know she did you know when she has the interaction later with norma they kind of talk on their parallels later she's so goofy and so immature Mm -hmm. that it makes you you still feel very sorry for her because she is in this right. domestic violence situation but she's she's not good she's just not right. doesn't seem like a very good person and bobby makes the comment where is leo or how and she's like you know i can hear his vet a mile away a and like <laughs> why would you even why aren't y'all going to the timber falls motel like exactly. you should not be in that house Nobody needs to be in that house. Limit. And you really think, because Leo was already told, Bobby, my wife's stepping out on me. You think he wouldn't stake that house out? Both of you are stupid. So we both, <laughs> they're both very immature individuals. Right. And, and it's chaos. That's a chaotic situation. And they both need mental help. <laughs> they just both need help. 
They do. They they both do. They need uh, Garland Briggs to talk into. They do. <laughs> they really do. The line, I have to say it because my buddy Stiletto is going to be listening. The line where she calls Jacques the Canuck that works at the <laughs> yeah. Roadhouse yeah. because uh, Stiletto is also a Canuck. So shout oh, out yeah. to Stiletto. Thunder kiss. Shout out. Our Canuck uh, that's not a bad person like Jacques and uh, Bernard Renault. I hope I don't mispronounce this because I started following Stiletto because she seems like just such a lovely person. She rules. So uh, poutine. I could go for some poutine right now. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't really know, but I know how to spell it. And I know that it involves okay. gravy and French fries. So I'm here well, for I it. Mean, come, so she can correct me if, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe we can have her so, on the show at some point and we can have her pronounce some Canadian words for us. Please. Please, eh? I would love to. I would freaking love that. Um, so Shelly shows Bobby the bloody shirt that, that she stole from Leo's laundry. Which he steals. Which he takes. Appropriately and like, so. Yeah. He's like, you never saw this. Say you never saw this. And she says, I never saw this. And of course, she also shows Bobby that she has a gun. And he's like, do you know how to use it? Oh, I was hoping you would show me. And she takes Opens the gun. and opens her shirt so obviously in my notes i have turned on by danger question mark but like you had just said i mean these are two stupid kids like they, they right. think they're big big and bad like your husband is involved in some horrible activity and he'll kill you but like she's acting <laughs> like she's just she could take on everybody you're just showing right. how to shoot this gun so um, immature. Let me just put the gun yeah. up on my chest. You know, it's just so immature. <laughs> yeah. And then he seemed turned on by it, too. So it's like, okay, y'all. <laughs> and I love how Bobby discloses the information that Leo and Jacques are doing border runs with drugs. Like he's yeah. not involved. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. I've got to tell you something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very man of him to do. I don't know. I mean, I uh, obviously we know why that scene is in there, but that scene gets on my nerves because it just reinforces that they're just too damn fools. Stupid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're both extremely stupid and immature. And then we go back to the station, if I'm getting this in my mind correctly. And that's when Lucy is given the assignment. (laughs) Poor Lucy. To go through the veteran veterinary, I said it, veterinary. records. Yes. And look for people that own birds. Right. And they go and shooting because poor Andy. Poor can't. Andy needs he needs some training. Big he time. does, buddy. Uh, and Cooper, you know, when they're down there, he asks Harry about the Andy. You know, how long has Lucy <laughs> not been talking to Andy? What does Truman say? Body language? Question. <laughs> Question. <laughs> doesn't Coop say something like more like you know, talking through her yelling, talking through a megaphone or yes. something like that? Like it, it, it was hard to miss that obviously Lucy isn't talking to Andy. I love that. And I love that uh, Truman is aware now and uh, whatever he says to the effect of there aren't any secrets anymore. Yeah. Cooper's going to figure it out. And Andy, you know, says, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know why she's doing this. And it makes no sense. And then was Cooper said, like, you have, there's no logic involved here. <laughs> Women when, are drawn from a different set of blueprints. Yes, we are. 
we are i mean obviously obviously (laughs) it's so spot on it's a camaraderie thing right there like a bro moment as bro as coop and crew gets yeah and i also love like the previous scene the essence of immaturity and here we have like these mature ass men talking about speaking of mature ass men because you know hawk says the most beautiful thing ever i i wrote the entire thing down because i love it okay I don't sound as sexy as Hawk. So just, you know, he's, he says, <laughs> one woman can make you fly like an eagle. One woman can give you the strength of a lion, lion, but only one in the cycle of life can fill your heart with wonder and the wisdom that you have known a singular joy. I wrote that for uh. my girlfriend. <laughs> oh my God. Pit, pitter patter. Right? Butter, butterflies. Guys are texting you WYD and Hawk is saying all of this. Right? Like, We're getting flame emojis. Yeah. Yeah. Flame emoji, <laughs> hard eyes emojis. Yeah. And WYD, what are you wearing? And Hawk sends this. Man. So, you know. Just shut everybody else down. Yeah. Like if you're not coming at me with this type of seriousness, if you're not Hawk serious about me. Right. Go out the door. Oh, yeah. Bye. Exit. Bye. <laughs> That's such a good moment. It's a good forgotten moment in Twin Peaks, too, when they're at the shooting range. Because I don't think of that, you know, when I think of my no. top moments in the Twin Peaks series. And this should be one of them. Because the right. banter, the bro banter is top shelf. Uh, it's up there. And it just, it, it adds to this friendship that they've yeah that they have forged here and that they're like i said coop and crew they're a nice group we you know it's just it's heartbreaking that it doesn't last forever and and then you get a little snippet about you know truman asks uh cooper have you ever been married and what does he say no but i've been taught like the importance of commitment and Mm -hmm. so you know something's happened that's our first revelation that there was some sort of romantic past with dale cooper which we'll get to much later it's so good he also says a great line we're going to need more coffee i do love that line because (laughs) we find out through lucy through the megaphone which i love when lucy just cuts in that all the patients at the veterinarian like what they're alphabetized by name they don't even know what type of (laughs) <laughs> what, what type of animal it is so that's when he says we're gonna need more coffee so i just wanted to throw that in there because i love that line no so it's much. good it's good so. stuff and it brings in the megaphone yeah too exactly which was foreshadowed and we go from there to the diner and these two these two we learn their parallels in bad men mm-hmm. you know and we we right. learn shelly's kind of her backstory a little bit with leo yeah of how it came to be and where she's at now and it's hard to listen to even though now i have a lot of not disrespect just less respect for shelly's character we can all find the parallels in that ourselves as you know women especially but we can all find the parallels in that and it's all it's odd to me when, when we find out, you know, how much they, they do have in common, because it reminds me of me with like every job I have ever had, 
there's always been, not that I'm saying I'm a spring chicken, there always seems to be an older person, an older woman there, and we have odd similarities. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've, for whatever reason, I've been able to connect with like at least one woman at work that has been through shit that I've been through. And I, I, I hate to say, I think that's a woman that, but I think like women, when you work in an office or whatever environment you work in, there's some weird connection at, with at least one person that you work with. So yeah. just kind of the, the Norma Shelley dynamic always reminds me of a woman I used to work with like years ago that uh, now I realize our situation and it wasn't similar at the time, but it ended up being that, uh, you know, now at this point in my life. So. It, look, look, y'all, this isn't Michelle Fett if you're not going to get a few rambles. So <laughs> it's part of it's part of my charm. Please just deal with it. Just accept deal. Me. It's a <laughs> it's that weird. I hate to say that it happens more frequently with women, but I think it does that we find right. those people in our lives that we can connect mm-hmm. to like that and have that, you know, shared bullshit backstory or you know shared experiences that were bullshit and learn and i think that they both kind of do in that moment Mm -hmm. yeah and for that i appreciate it and then we get dumbass oh and norma they're going to get makeovers tomorrow yes we can't wait we can't wait to see those that's gonna be fun (laughs) yeah we know what happens with those that'll be fun on next episode but my God, every time this guy enters the scene, I groan. I've I turn the I captions just, it, on. My kids have got me trained to that now. When James <laughs> Hurley enters the chat, we turn the captions on because he mumbles so badly. Oh, that you my can't God. can't understand what he's saying. And he's on the phone. I guess he calls Donna for whatever reason, you know, even though it's clear he doesn't even want to talk to her. Right. But, so I found that, found that odd. And she's having a potluck. Her parents are having a church potluck. He doesn't think he should show up to that. He's not going to be good company. No shit, James. (sighs) (laughs) He's boyfriend material 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, he'll sweep you off your feet. Sure. Right? (laughs) My God. And he's hit with a thunderbolt when Maddie walks in. So I'm sorry, Donna. James has already moved on. Yeah. He's already he's already moved on. <laughs> he moved on in like five minutes of meeting her, less yeah. than five minutes of meeting her. His face, his reaction to her is wonderful. And I just love seeing Shirley smile. And when oh, she's talking gosh, to him and she just mm-hmm. smiles, she's so beautiful. He has such a beautiful smile anyway. So we just don't we never really got to see it. So the no. the the few the I wish we had more scenes with Maddie but somebody just that's pleasant that doesn't really have any she didn't really seem to have any troubles we never really found out anything about her Mm-mm. besides that's Laura's cousin and they used to see each other more and she hadn't seen more in uh, some time but he was just transfixed 500 like, percent you <laughs> and then you know she said did you know Laura well and he's like I thought I you know I thought I did but and the little, just the little line she used about, it was so cute. She's getting them, she's picking up food for her aunt and uncle, because if she cooked, they'd be even worse off, which it's, she just had a cute little lighthearted moment. And yeah. they shook hands, James and Maddie shook hands and Donna who, like James could, probably couldn't even tell <laughs> Donna, you. Donna what? Name. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's... But I guess, cause, and it seemed, sorry, 
Um, but it seemed like Donna just tried to like not blackmail is not the right word, but she's like, I have information. Yeah. See me tonight and you're you're gonna you're gonna find out. It's like, okay. <laughs> you can't tell me on the phone. Nice no, try, James, Donna. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. So what did you think of the scene right after this where Audrey is she's conniving and she's telling her dad that she wants to help with the family business. She's interrupting him to tell him all of this. And then you see the photo on the desk too. And that's jarring. Yeah. What are your takeaways from this scene? Well, they both seem to be, we know what Audrey's doing, but they both seem to be putting on an act. Yes. Because Ben obviously doesn't believe, I mean, you would like to think that he, you know, he called her sweetheart and he seemed to be softening up a bit about her like helping and going to work at his department store, but uh, ulterior motives on both sides. I <laughs> you know, you just, you don't believe any, anything that either one of them are saying. It's almost like father, like daughter. Yeah. In that mm -hmm. moment. And it's a, he, or in that scene. And it, it's, it's a strange feeling. It is odd. Mm -hmm. But she, the camera, the camera work was odd in that scene. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it kind of just made you feel uncomfortable a little bit. I, I can't really explain, but, uh, and Ben gets a phone call. So he has to cut, cut, cut his the, daughter short, cut, cut the reunion short. So, <laughs> and the, the phone call was important, but we don't know right now. We don't know who it was with, but we sure as hell find out. We which, find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also find out, uh, to Norma's dismay that Hank got his parole. So he's, he looks absolutely thrilled. <laughs> it's just, a, yeah. And it's just like a gut punch. Cause you know, yeah. this guy's bad news. You We're know, all rooting for yeah. Norma. And you know, she's going to have to tell Ed or, you know, she's going to have to deal with that. So. But, and uh, from all this badness and all this weirdness and all the bad people, when we cut back to the station, Gordon makes another phone call. And again, it's another warm cloak over my sickly body to hear <laughs> David Lynch's voice twice in this episode. And he's disclosing about the parrot bites that mm -hmm. it have to come from a parrot or a minor bird. Right. And the object found in Laura's stomach. Mm -hmm. Definitely so, a poker chip. Now we know. Yeah. You know, they're putting two and two together and they look at the photo or, or the drawing of the poker chip and it's, you know, the one eyed jacks. Yeah. Poker chip. Like we know the connection now. They know the connection now. And I don't know if I'm cutting it too short or not. And if I am, please tell me. But they're going to Jacques' house because they know who owns the bird. Mm -hmm. uh, they find the bird, by the way. Waldo. His name is Waldo. Yeah. <laughs> they, they find out that Jacques it's, is um, the, the minor, owner. minor bird. They make their way to his apartment. Bobby's already there and he's planted the bloody shirt, Leo's mm -hmm. bloody shirt, in the apartment for them to find. You see, Bobby has some sort of good intentions, but not because he's trying to get the heat off of himself and he's trying to get Leo in trouble. Right. And he goes out through the, the window <laughs> in like this a, apartment. Jeez, old I lose it when he pops out Spider of the window. Spider-Man, yeah, Spider-Man flew out of the, out of the window. Man. And <laughs> <laughs> just uh, hightailing it out of there. 
It's so but good. Cooper, you know, they find the shirt and they really think they got something, which I mean, they do. They do. But but they have no clue of how it got there. Right. And it's got Leo's initials because Shelly has to sew his initials and everything. And so far, there's no bird. There's no bird. In no the, bird. They do not see the bird. Right. And... and going from one manic situation to the next, uh, we... We find out who Ben was meeting, and it is, of course, our our favorite abusive dirtbag husband. <laughs> With the most terrible ponytail in television. God bless. I, <laughs> every time, every time I see him, I think of that uh, that post you sent me that had all of them when they were on. Was it Sally? Sally Jesse? <laughs> and he has the Raphael. beautiful hair. And he the, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we Why? are talking like. Yeah. Why wow. did he have to pull it back? But I guess that's yeah. part of the character and part of the greasy grossness of him. But his hair was so cool back then. Eric DeRay, you had the best hair, and I hate it that you yeah. had to have it back in that terrible ponytail for this character. I mean, he looked like, if he would have kept that hair, it would have looked like he could have a Michael Bolton belting out a tune. <laughs> situation right and obviously obviously that that's not that's not his character in the no show. <laughs> but so um ben is hiring leo basically to set the mill on fire you know because uh, he has arson skills as well and i guess it, he's not on great terms they're not on great terms with each other anyway but I don't know if Leo just presented, you know, Bernie, Bernie's body as a warning, like, look, uh, I mean, business also. I, I don't I don't That's know. That's what so, it feels for, like. Right. Like, yeah, he didn't take me. He didn't take me seriously or something. Yeah. And Jock, and... he informs he informs Ben Jock's in Canada. I told him to stay there. So for right now, let's. That's what we know uh, as far as Jacques' whereabouts. It's funny that you call him Bernie because it's just a body. It made me think of Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, my God. I It's so weird. I watched Weekend at Bernie's two nights ago and laughed my <laughs> ass off. It's a good movie. I, had, I hadn't watched that movie in so long. Everybody like props gives to... Andrew McCarthy props, but they don't see the greatness of Jonathan Silverman. Yeah, Jonathan Silverman's great. What a great That's actor. That's a great yeah, it was a great duo. They had great chemistry. They should have done time. like, yeah, just yeah. kept on buddy comedies forever. Yeah. <laughs> but man, it didn't I, happen. Prop me up and move me around. Let me Please. be a Bernie for like, yeah, just take care of my shit. Like, <laughs> just fine. make sure I look good <laughs> I, while you're doing again, it. Yeah, again, absolutely. I'm very vain. Make sure that I've got the correct products and my hair on my face. You know, yeah, I'm dressed appropriately. I'm wearing form-fitting nice clothing then take me to your parties <laughs> just came like uh, just make sure my ray-bans are on and yeah. you know we'll be, we'll be fine let me go <laughs> <laughs> it's weird so back to twin peaks in this wood scene james and donna are in the woods as oh. well they got to make sure that the necklace is there and it's not the dream Sarah's dream was spot on. Somebody stole the necklace, which we know Dr. Jacoby did. Their interaction in the woods is so oh awful. What is it she says? Say we'll be together. Oh my God. Give her a fucking Liz, answer. I can't, again. Liz, I can't. I want to. I just want to 
ripped every hair out of my head when, well, first she says, it's not even, I can't even say they're talking. Donna's talking Donna's and James talking. is just there. Yeah, yes. Donna's talking. We have to do this for us. We have to do this for Laura, but we have to do this for us. And then she they lean in to kiss each other. But honestly, it's more like she's leaning in and he's just like, uh, all right. Mm-hmm. And she, she's like, James, I want to be with you. And Nothing. would you like, Liz, would you like to say what James said? Nothing. No <laughs> reply. Just throw him out the window. Throw him in the trash. Throw him and, in the trash. And put her in some therapy. Yeah, you know? she needs therapy. He needs, he, this is fuckboy behavior. Big well, time. Welcome to, yeah, yeah. This was fuckboying before there was a term for it. Oh, yeah. So and like, they're in a situationship have... and James is the biggest fuckboy that ever could be. He's met Maddie. His mindset on that. We see that right. he's never yeah. been 100% for Donna. No, she's pitiful. So it's, it's so de- it's so desperate. Put her see and Oscar's trying to tell us put her in some yeah. therapy and put James in the trash and start Oscar saying. Oscar saying, put my mom in some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and put all these dudes no. in the trash. <laughs> Actually, I've got a I've got a pretty good grasp of things, and that's why we we know now this behavior should never be fucking tolerated. Amen. And I know that we have also turned this into a relationship podcast because we like to give <laughs> advice, but whenever Liz and I give these kind of musings about men, it's because we've been we have through those been musings. there. Yes, we have had these experiences. So please, dear God, whatever you do, don't be desperate. Don't chase. Don't chase. Just attract. Just attract. You you owe yourself better than that. You owe yourself better than to be a Donna. Even Donna. Donna, you you deserve better. Donna, she did. She she deserved help. She needed some mental help and she needed uh, she needed away from James. But you know what? We really can't feel sorry for Laura Flynn Boyle because she got to be with Kyle McLaughlin right. in real life. So I have nothing, you know. For the character, you. yes. <laughs> For her, herself, we are jealous. Oh. If they see the owl in the woods. I love that part. I, I love do that too. Part. And yeah. uh, I, Brandon showed me an owl meme earlier there where the, an owl's legs are really, really long. You just can't see it mm-hmm. because their body's really stocky. And like right. the, the chunk covers up the legs. So in yeah. in this rewatch, I rewatched it a few days ago and I rewatched it today. And when I watched it today, that's all I could think of was when that owl's looking at him. I was like, man, I bet he's got those long, goofy legs up under there. And that just makes him not spooky. It was quite a menacing owl. And it kind of it goes with the, you know, the owls are not what they seem. So what maybe the owl was something else. We mm-hmm. don't know. We don't know. know yet, but we do know but, that owl was a watching. And the owls, uh, they witness a lot. They've witnessed a lot in those woods. Mm-hmm. So they, they definitely know what's going on. We do know in that moment what that owl was thinking. Girl, please. That's what that <laughs> owl was actually saying. Bitch, run. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was Bitch, thinking. are you for real right now? Yeah. <laughs> what if or, he went down the there owl. and gave her relationship advice? Seriously. The owl like, goes like down that. there and he's got a little lollipop and he's talking yeah, to like, her. Like the, the Tootsie Roll pop owl. That's, <laughs> yeah. How many licks does it take for you to get some fucking sense, Donna? Like, how? <laughs> <laughs>
If only. <laughs> if only. But he didn't. She's still in that situation. And we go to Josie Packard. Mm. Yes. Who and looks beautiful in, that bl- in the black. Man. The neg- Like the, not negligee, but it's like a silk. You know, she's got the kimono and. So beautiful. Always John dressed, could always wear a burlap sack and look beautiful. Oh, yeah. But in, oh, in these moments, she is also costumed so perfectly. Whoever oh, yeah. was doing costume design on this was killing it. And the, she looked so opulent. She does. She was, yeah. And her Definitely interaction with Pete, though. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't fit at no. all. Like, she's so poised and beautiful and just from another place and pete martell just he wants her to fish he just wants her to start fishing with him he wants a fishing buddy which is so sweet and obviously she's like i don't <laughs> she I don't know, know how to fish, about fish. <laughs> he's like i got enough fish for the both of us buddy it's really cute he's trying and she makes him a turkey sandwich she puts a shit ton of mayonnaise on that turkey I know, sandwich. Man, I saw that. And I've not that. noticed that until this rewatch. And I was yeah. like, wow, who needed that much wow. mayonnaise? I mean, I like it to co- I don't want to see any of my bread, but it's got to be a thin layer of mayonnaise. Right. Like, I don't, you know. That was like a paint cover plaster. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was a caulk in a wall type of spackle. <laughs> <laughs> Spackle of mayo. <laughs> Spackle of mayo. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what right now. Joan Chen, if you're listening, you can make me a sandwich any day, baby. Yeah, like if you want to, you could make it any way you want. I'm here for it. I'll eat it. Yeah, and I'll eat it too. <laughs> after oh this, we're ending this with her phone call. She gets a call from Harry. Asking, hey, were you at the motel? What were you doing? You know, whatever. However he words it. Well, how does he word it? Well, first he says, I don't know if that does, that might may come later when he asks her about the, were you at the hotel? I think to this yeah, phone that call, was... he just said, he just says, doesn't he just say, I, I'm held up at the station. I can't come over tonight. And she was like, I miss you. I need to talk to you. But maybe he, do, maybe he, he does. does and then at the very okay. end of that conversation, he says, hey, were you at the whatever? And then she says, oh, I got to get off the phone. Okay. And yeah, hangs right. up and doesn't answer him. Sorry for I was I was thinking that was like later on her asking him this asking is, about the This is a fever dream episode for us. We're both like probably a hundred and two temperature, full <laughs> of snot, um, sore throats. Am, am I am I in the Black Lodge right? right now? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a fever dream episode for a fever dream show. But she gets the call at the end of this segment of this scene. From Hank, because she's gotten the envelope and she sees the drawing of the fucking domino. And then she gets the call to let her know that he's getting released. And we end it. So and we he's don't. got the domino, domino in, in his, his mouth. mouth. If we didn't know he was a greaseball already, he had a domino in his mouth while he was on the phone with Josie Packard. And in that moment, you get the mind blown emoji because what the hell? What's their connection? Right. How do they know each other? So now we've opened up a whole new can of worms for poor Josie. That she's got some. She's got some demons. She's got some dark past. She's got some secrets too. Yes. 
a lot of people in this town have some secrets for sure. I think everybody does. Yeah. Like, there's not, with the exception of like Andy and Lucy. Yeah. Everybody's doing something weird. I've never really, until this rewatched, thought about how much everybody was fucking somebody else in this show. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. was messing around on of, everybody. A lot of affairs. I don't, I don't think Garland Briggs was having an affair. There, it was Garland. Having... <laughs> <laughs> Andy wasn't. Uh, Hawk seemed quite happy with his girlfriend. He's Hawk, writing her poems. That's so. right. Yeah. So we got those people. We could say Doc Hayward. Yeah. He was a devoted husband. He was a devoted sure. husband. Yeah. About... But really, nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> got no nothing. <laughs> people that are hardcore fans of this show, like us, and most people that we know that are Twin Peaks fans, we like to think of this as super in-depth, and there was so much going on, and there's the supernatural elements of it, all of this. It's really a soap opera. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. this is one of the greatest soap operas, if not, well, the best soap opera ever written. And the overacting is on purpose. Yes. Like, this isn't, it's not bad acting. I mean, we're not, we're not talking, James, besides James. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, poor James Marshall. We're sorry, James Marshall. We're sorry. We're sorry. You are. You seem to be a really nice, attractive man, but the the overacting just adds to the the soap opera. The invitation to love. I mean, it, it's it's just. And the more we get into the show, especially season two, when David Lynch isn't even involved until he, the end, anyway. Yeah. We get mega soap opera, and we yeah. get just. Goofy tropes. Yeah. Goofy soap and opera it, tropes. It loses it loses a lot of people. Like and mm -hmm. once you get into season two, and I can totally understand why. Like we do love these characters, but it's not the world that we signed up for at the beginning of season one, that's for sure. It takes a real tour de force. Right. But you just you stick with it. That's why the show is just so it is a roller coaster because, you know, you get to the end of season two and it's the best shit. cliffhanger. The, the best, best finale last. that ever could have of been. Oh, yeah. The best. Mm -hmm. So, and the best accompanying movie mm. afterwards. And then there's the return. It's Where, where's that? Where's that? Where's that sound? That that noise, that sound effect we need to add. I know. And then there's the return. <laughs> we need it i just can't i don't know this rewatch is getting i don't know if it's just me in my middle age or what but it, the rewatch is getting so much more detailed paying so much more attention to things that i've never paid attention to before and i hope the people that are listening to us understand that because we've seen this show in its entirety god knows how many times between us both and mm -hmm. we're finding these new things now and it, i mean you find something new every time but paying attention in this way really opens up a lot of doors and leads to so many more questions. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it, 
you know, David Lynch and I'm sure Mark Frost, they always wanted us asking questions. They won't provide the answers for you. That's why so, it drives people nuts when David Lynch won't answer. Can you elaborate on that? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, it, it with it, like you said, every rewatch, there's more to discover and more to find, more things to find that you love about each character. Like, it's just... And we haven't even got to the log lady yet. No, we haven't even got to so many good juice moments of this show. And we're already just mind blown. Mm -hmm. Well, if you've made it through this entire (laughs) fever dream, snot filled (laughs) episode. We really owe owe something to these people that have listened to this episode. But hey, this has been, it's been a good time. We're featuring Oscar Wilde and also featuring possibly (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. We don't know. Again, we're featuring a fever dream. It's a fever dream. Yes. We will have some major announcements soon for this show. Uh, We will be back next week with the very next episode of Twin Peaks and you can follow us on our Instagram at Between Two Worlds Podcast. And Michelle, where can they find you? In the pits of despair. Other than that <laughs> In the gym. Oh, that's what I was waiting on you to say. In, In the gym. The, the gym. <laughs> the pits of despair. The liquor store. Or you can find me uh on Instagram at Michelle underscore Fett. Like uh it's F E T T like my man Boba Fett. And you can find me at I hate with an H8 underscore pretty hate machine also with an H8 on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at I hate with an H8 pretty M-A-C-H because it was all it would allow me to do. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. Hopefully we're better by then. You have listened to the between two. I can't even say it, Michelle. You have listened to two bitches talk about (laughs) Twin Peaks. We love you. This is the Between Two Worlds podcast.